This Tailgate Society podcast is brought to you by our good friends at Deadeye Premium Barbecue Products. Born in Iowa and made in the heartland, Deadeye is your go-to source for everything barbecue. Sauces, seasonings, you name it. They've made a science out of great grilling flavor. It's more than a sauce. Whether you're cooking sliders, dogs, steak, or chicken, Deadeye has the explosive flavor needed to make every dish delicious. Try a splash of their sweet and smoky original recipe or turn up the heat with their Magnum Edition barbecue sauce. Both flavors are available in seasonings as well as sauces. So pick your favorite and prepare your taste buds for an unforgettable eating experience. Deadeye Premium Barbecue products are available at Fairway, Hy-Vee, Amazon, or at DeadeyeBBQ.com. Hello and welcome to Culture Check, a Tailgate Society podcast. Please check the TailgateSociety.com and subscribe to Tailgate Society podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. I'm Arnold Woods, and I'm joined as always by Emily Cornell. Emily, what's going on? You know, I think I'm living my best life now that we have March Madness. I'm very excited. Um, I, I assume you're also excited to have college basketball, and mostly, like, because Iowa State, their women's team is in the tournament, right? Yeah, they had a tough loss to Texas in the conference tournament, and so I'm looking forward to seeing them, like, bounce back in the actual tournament they should have won that game that was tough but um had a good year had a good season and I'm interested to see how far they go uh it's a young team this year and I don't know it's 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 a lot to I feel like this is like the first foundation year of like the next two or three years that could be really special so I'm definitely excited to watch them we won't mention men's basketball because that's a hellscape (laughs) um got a new coach or whatever but you know we'll see what happens um I'm I'm ambivalent. I'm not upset. I'm not thrilled, but hopefully I will be thrilled in 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 the upcoming years. Uh is your bracket I, already busted? I haven't I didn't I actually rarely fill out a bracket. Even when oh. we're good, like I don't really fill out brackets. It's I do it like once every other year maybe. I'm not like super into it. But in a year that Iowa State isn't in the tournament in the men's tournament, I just like don't even like bother. So I did not. How was yours look? There are a lot of upsets already. So, well, I rarely have the chance to make that decision if Wyoming makes it into the men's tournament. Fortunately, they're in the women's tournament. I hope that they can uh, move forward because that'd be big. But um, my the bracket for the men's tournament, it, God, it fell apart. <laughs> Emily Drinka and I we talked about you know the upcoming tournament earlier this week on Sports and Corks and. We were feeling pretty good about some games and others, uh, you know, let us down. Specifically, the Ohio State Buckeyes, my lord. That was a tough L. That's, whoo. well, and then like Virginia losing and, um, it, yeah, it's just a bad time. I'm very happy to see, I'm sure plenty of people thought that Georgetown was going to beat the University of Colorado. So I was happy to see that. I had Colorado advancing. So I was like, yeah. They they're doing something good. Um, they have a good coach, and they're hitting every shot. So yeah. many threes, it's crazy. Yeah. They had an amazing game today. I was pleasantly surprised. I did not expect them to be so dominant. I enjoy their style. Like they, it's a lot of like high pick and roll, and just kick it out for an open three, and like they made it. The 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 kid Jabari Walker, who apparently is Samaki Walker's son, which is crazy because like I watched Samaki Samaki Walker in the NBA growing up. And so like now we're at the age where those guys' kids are playing. 
and it's kind of it kind of freaks me out a little bit but <laughs> he had a great game it's it's interesting McKinley Wright is a guy that Iowa State recruited really hard and obviously didn't pick Iowa State but has gone on to have a, a really great career at Colorado so fun team to watch yeah. and uh yeah I, I like when college teams score a lot of points because that doesn't happen very often so it's cool to see that so I was pleased to see that that Colorado Georgetown game today have you ever been to the tournament before have you ever been to like any like men or women's like yeah in person yeah so um when I was in grad school Wyoming did not make it this very sadly I was not there for Wyoming but um one of my best friends went to UNC Chapel Hill for grad school so she was living in the um Chapel Hill Raleigh Durham area and we went to a game like not surprisingly UNC was in the tournament and the guy she was seeing at the time was like oh you all want to go to this and I'm like sure this doesn't make me like you more but like I'm very happy to be at this (laughs) basketball game (laughs) which uh that probably tells you that I'm not a great person but like it was a very fun game to go to um and like of course in North Carolina where it's pretty much a given any year that one of those teams are going to be in it. So it, it's just fun that the, the fans are there. So the atmosphere is good. And I don't even remember who UNC played, but it was fun. It was cool. And there's just like a lot of space. So I'll be excited to see, you know, next season when it's more of a quote unquote normal season, how the fans turn up to games like that, because of course there'll be, uh, like first round games hosted in various cities like Raleigh. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I was watching the the Colorado Georgetown game and they showed the stat where it was like two of the top three free throw percentage, like team free, free throw percentage, like of all time was this year. Yeah. And one was Colorado and the other was Oral Roberts. And like Colorado shot 82% from the line for the season. Which, that's insane. Like that's an insane clip to shoot as a four team to shoot that well from uh, from the foul line is just unreal. I mean, they got to make up for it. Yeah, yeah, and like that's I mean to me like that's a direct product of they're not being fans. Yeah, and kind of being in that it's it's like the NBA where it's like all these all time efficient offensive seasons are happening by individual players, and it's like they're you know they're NBA guys and they're playing in in empty gyms like that's nothing to them. And it's, you know, that's the game is so easy for them already. But like at that, you know, in that context, when there's no people screaming and like all this other stuff, like it's just it's I think the refs are impacted by it, too. It's just like I almost have to like throw out all of these offensive records because, you know, you're not playing in front of any uh, in front of anyone. So that's really interesting. So I'm, I agree. I'm very interested to see how things change once fans are, are back in and stuff like that so have you gone to a tournament game because iowa state historically is very good at basketball so like when they went to the turn have when they've gone to the tournament have you gone to uh any of those games i haven't actually no i've i've been to the ncaa games i've been to were in high school and it wasn't iowa state my cousin played for boston college oh cool when I was in high school, which would have been, I, it was, he was a senior or he was a, um, 
a freshman in college when I was a sophomore in high school, I think. So this would have been like 04, 05-ish. And they played in the tournament in Minnesota um, at the Metrodome. And me and my sister and my mom, like my family, went up there and we watched him play. They played Villanova and lost. And then we sat and we got to see, we just, you could, you know, you buy a ticket to the game, but you can just sit there and, and watch the second game. And so we watched part of the second game after that, which was Georgetown versus Florida. And that was the year that Florida won. Um, I think that was their first championship of the, those two years that they won back to back. So that was cool though. It was really, it was, it was weird to like be on a football field and like, the stadium or the the basketball court is kind of like in the corner and it was just, and there's like seats around it. It was really weird, but it was cool. Cool to see. Cool experience. So neat. And like made even cooler that like you had a family member. In it. Yeah. Yeah. So cool. He had a good game. It sucks they, that they lost, but, but he had a good game. I guess that's a good kind of segue into, into our discussion today because we're talking about sports, we're big into sports and um, we're continuing our TV series with a, uh, with a, look at the Tiger Woods documentary that came out on HBO, I believe in February, maybe January. that came out, January, January. And I guess before we even get into that, so it was weird because that was such, you know, we're going to discuss the doc and it was such kind of a, a, a talking point for a little bit. The, um, a couple podcasts I listened to a couple pop culture podcasts I listened to where we're talking about the doc. So it was a big moment that, you know, that it happened. And then like a couple of weeks ago, he got into that car accident. Yeah. Which I feel like we should just kind of address off the top, which was pretty scary. Um, he seems to be, you know, he's, I think that I read that he's at home and not in the hospital anymore, which is good. And, um, but yeah, was it, it, that was just kind of, it was so odd to me that that happened. Obviously it's just, you know, a, a, a unfortunate circumstance, but like that happened right after the, the doc had come out not right after, but like relatively speaking, pretty soon after the doc had come out and, you know, you, you have the, the stuff in the doc about his previous car accident, which I'm sure we'll, we'll get brought up later, but just kind of a weird, like last 10 years for Tiger, I guess, in that sense. What did, what did you, what was your reaction to that um, when you heard the news about his car accident? Well, I heard the news about his car accident and I, so it was after I'd watched the documentary. So I'm like, okay, he, I hope is like, not having issues with driving and then i was like okay he like using substances and then driving and i'm like maybe tiger woods shouldn't drive like he makes enough money that he should maybe hire a driver at this point he's been in enough car accidents that maybe learning how to drive in california does not make you the best driver out there like you know um i'm i'm hoping that like he recovers of course like from this and based off of like what I've read and seen, he's like been pretty positive about it. And like, you know, it's, it's hard because he is kind of on the up. And like, again, after watching the documentary where it's like, Oh, you see him like trying to put his life back together. Right. It, it's like hard to see the, him being in another car accident and like another setback. It's like, Oh no, come on. Like, it's like easy to root for you because you're like getting it together. And I don't think that like this car accident was like another setback in the same way, but like, it's still hard to like be trying to move forward and just another thing happens. Have you been to LA before? 
I have not. I have a friend who recently got their residency and they're going there. So I'm probably going to try to stay on their couch. So I don't have to pay to be in LA, <laughs> but I know you've it's, gone and you like it. I do. Yeah. I, I went for my 30th birthday, um, two years ago, almost exactly now. Um, but we, I, there was one day that my best friend like lives there and he's actually, um, moving back home pretty soon, um, in the next couple of weeks, but he, he and his uh, wife live out there and we, you know, we stayed with him and it was, it was a lot of fun. It was like our friend group was out there, but like, I remember one day we went to, um, we went to Malibu and we went to like a, a beach that was near Malibu and we stopped in this little shopping area in Malibu and we were looking around and stuff. And like the, uh, I wanted to like try to buy like at least a shirt or something like that. And I looked at the prices and I was like, this is, I mean, it's definitely Malibu because these are very expensive shirts. <laughs> um, but the, uh, yeah, the roads over there are crazy. Like it's super windy and it's like mm-hmm. really at really tall cliffs and there's like houses like in the cliffs and stuff like that. And, uh, it's, I mean, it looks nice, but I'm just like, I, I remember thinking like, I would hate to drive here. And like, if you're, if you're living here and you have to drive these roads every day, like this would suck. And we were kind of, we we're on the highway. So like we were, um, lower to the ground and, you know, look up, you see the elevated like roads up there. And I'm just like, people have to drive that every day. And that would really, really suck. So like, that was the first thing I thought of when I heard that news and other people have had those, those issues. I think like Kevin Hart, um, mm-hmm. like a year or two ago also was like in a bad car accident in that area. And it's just like pretty crazy to me that people just like accept that they have to drive in those types of you know you're three thousand feet above the ground and it's super windy and narrow roads like that's really crazy to me so that's the first thing i thought of when i when i heard that news and and obviously hoping that he was okay and Mm -hmm. they were talking about how they had to like pry him out and stuff like that so yeah pretty scary stuff but i don't know pretty wild he just does not have the best of luck with cars he he really doesn't he should become a bicyclist you're right. Like he shouldn't, like if I had that amount of money, you would have to, I, I would be on a stretcher everywhere. Just take me wherever I want to go. I'm not putting my foot on the gas of any car. I'm not walking myself. I'm going to just like hang on people's backs while they feed grapes in my mouth. Like I'm not going to drive myself anywhere. It's yeah. I happening. mean, like I don't, maybe because he did grow up in the area, he's like, oh yeah, let's all drive. But I'm like, no, at a certain point, like, should I ever become wealthy? I want someone to remind me of this where I'm like, I will hire someone to drive me places because I'm not trying to do that ever. Um, Tiger Woods should be in that same boat where he's just like, no, I will have someone drive me or I will ride a bicycle or scooter. Maybe he shouldn't get on a scooter. Um, electric <laughs> yeah. Scooters might not be like the move for him. It might not yeah. be the safest. Um Hopefully he would like insure his entire body, like have an even higher insurance policy if he took up riding electric scooters all over California. I guess my, my, I don't know. It's just crazy. Cause like, it's, it's tough because, you know, even in the doc, he talks about wanting to have like somewhat semblance of like privacy in a normal life. And at a certain yeah. point, it's like, that's just really impossible. And like part of having a normal life is driving yourself wherever you want to go, whenever that's you want to do that. But, you know, it's probably not in the cars for him at this point. 
I wanted to ask you though, like the the doc itself, like has so much to do with our relationship to Tiger Woods, like America's relationship to him and his fame. And, you know, it, it kind of tracks his youth child prodigy into, you know, amateur golf and winning at that level and then the pros and it's coming out of the masters and stuff like that. I guess broadly, I, I was interested in, or curious into what your relationship to him is like. Um, if what you remember about his rise and his popularity, one of the most popular sports figures of our lifetime. Um, what what is your, you know, what is your relationship to 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 Tiger Woods and his fame? I guess. So right off the bat, I don't enjoy golf. I don't watch, I don't like watching it on TV. I think it's, oh my God, I think it's so boring, um, which is terrible. So my dad loves golf. So guess what? I watched a lot of golf um, and specifically Tiger Woods. And I just remember my dad loved Tiger Woods. He still likes Tiger Woods. And like, I, even when Tiger Woods had his moments of uh, the, the really bad moment of it coming out that he cheated on his wife, and people would be asked like, oh, who's your favorite athlete or like one of your favorite athletes? And I'm like, Tiger Woods, because he works really hard. And then, of course, everyone's upset because he cheated on his wife. And I'm like, yeah, that has nothing to do with his success as an athlete. Um, so I, I think like growing up, I was I like respected the work he put in and how focused he was. Um and so then watching this documentary, I'm like, yeah, like, this is why I like Tiger Woods. The problem is, which like is also highlighted in this, like people acted like he was on a different level, but he's still a human. And he obviously was processing some th- things in like a not healthy way. Um, so I think it's good that it was shown like that. So that people can see like, yes, he's a very successful athlete we all grew up seeing him. We saw him be this person of color in a predominantly white space. And it was huge. Like that was why it was so big. And like, he will stay so significant in the world of sports because of the barriers that he, you know, kind of overcame as a biracial, well, multiracial golfer in a world where all these dudes are like old and white. Um, so it's kind of like my relationship to Tiger Woods, like growing up and even now where it's just like, yeah, I understand the importance and the significance of him being in this space. Um, I also understand how he has said things that are like not the best look. And I'm like, you should have hired a publicist before you said that Tiger Woods. But like, what do I know? Um, yeah. It's, that's kind of where I'm at. I assume it's pretty similar for you in terms of like the representation, like seeing Tiger Woods in the spotlight and being this huge athlete. Um, and it's like, we're fairly similar in age. So it was like, yeah, him being popular was like around, you know, a big part of growing up. Yeah. It's, it's funny. Cause like, I don't think that I could like conceive of golf without him. I don't think that I like knew what the sport was no. prior to him becoming famous. And so he, he wins the masters in 97 at however old, you know, 20 years old, 21 years old, however old he is. Um, and I was eight. 
And I remember that being a big deal. I remember him winning the Masters and that being a big deal. But like, I know for a fact I'd never watched a golf tournament before that or was had any interest in golf whatsoever or maybe even if I even knew what it was. It's just so, it was just so far off my radar. But like him being this, you know, again, like child prodigy, like I think of LeBron, right? Like he was LeBron before LeBron. And, um, but it's different because he, like you said, like he was entering the super white sport, like a sport for rich white people, specifically rich white, white men. And, you know, this it's, it's in the documentary, there's parts where it's like, you know, black comics are, are talking about it. And like, that was kind of my introduction to that. It was like watching black stand up comics when I was a kid, like kind of talk about Tiger Woods and kind of critiquing the the culture that he is like infiltrating and, and how it's like us trying to, I remember the, the more money, more problems video. Like that was, a, I, I remember that very specifically. And in that video, it's like, you know, it's Puff and it's Mace and it's, it's the track with Biggie. And he had died at this point. It was just like, I think the video came out right after he died, but like, there's like a, um, in, in the video, there's like a parody of like Puff at a golf tournament. Right. And he's like, putting for have you seen the video are you familiar with the video at all i haven't seen the video so like this there's like an interlude within the video where he's like at a golf tournament and he like sinks a putt and like wins the tournament that doesn't happen without tiger woods yeah right like that's without question like it's a tiger it's a reference to tiger woods and um so like that's kind of like the culture that i that i engaged with when it surrounded him again also he's like he's a black dude and he's super famous and his last name is woods so that's another thing that i remember you know joking with people that we were related and like that type of thing like that was a i mean that was a big thing for black people in general back then it was like joking that you know tiger's my cousin but like when your last name is the same as his like you can really you know milk that so i i certainly did that um but yeah, but there, so there's that, there's like the, the conversation around him being just like a super famous athlete and kind of like taking over globally and becoming this brand, but also the sort of, um, you know, his, his, his reluctance to em- embrace his blackness, like that being a big thing as well and being aware of that as a child. So yeah, it's, I think America has a complicated relationship to him, but especially black America has a very co- um, complicated relationship to him. Um, and then also just like, he was kind of, um, kind of an introduction into, into mixed raceness, mm-hmm. which is something that I, you know, was kind of aware of, but not really, I didn't really understand or have the, uh, of the nuances of, I remember there was a girl that I went to elementary school with who was, um, her, you know, she was a Latinx girl and her, her dad was, from Puerto Rico is her dad was Puerto Rican and her mom was white. And so I like, to me, she was Puerto Rican, but I knew that she also was half white and like just holding those two ideas at the same time. But, you know, to me, if you're mixed, if you're, you know, to me, if back then and now still to an extent, obviously, but like to me, if you're mixed, you're black. Right. Mm -hmm. But also understanding that it's more than just that. So like he was kind of my introduction to, to that in a sense did you kind of understand that about him and, and your experience is different from mine obviously but like how, how did you relate to that I guess or not relate to it 
Well, so when he talks about it, that's where I'm like, ah, oh, like, and it probably speaks to the environment that I now, that we now inhabit um, and have for the last couple of years where it it doesn't really matter what percentage black you are. If you look black, you're black. Right. Um, and like a cop doesn't care or right, exactly. someone who's racist doesn't care. It's like, it doesn't matter. Like, I, I could be like, I could tell someone until I'm blue in the face. I'm like, yeah, my mom's white, but like, they're still gonna be like, no, right. I'm still black. So I think him saying what he said, where he, he wanted to be like inclusive of all of his um, like racial and ethnic identities. Like, I get it. I'm like, yes, you want to be able to say that you are all of these things. And like, I am sure having an Asian parent, like culturally, that's just different than having like a white parent and a black parent or whatever. Like, when you have a parent who is um like your your first generation, like there there's still something different um in terms of your experience. So I understand why he would want to be like inclusive of that because it speaks to part of his identity. However, he li- still lives in America where like nobody cares. They're like, right. yeah, yeah, like you're black. And so that's more of an issue with like our society, but yeah, he should have talked to someone before trying to like spin that because then it came off very, uh, I don't know. Kind of just like tone deaf. Yeah. yeah. Yes. And it, it makes me think of when people are the, um, where they're like, I don't see color. Oh yeah. Right. Like it, it, it almost is like that, but where he's like, well, I see all, I'm all of these things. See me for all these things. Like no one is going to see you for all of those things. Sorry. Like it doesn't work like that. Um, so yeah, that that's kind of, I get where he's coming from. I don't agree with him saying it because it just is like, no, you don't get in this society. You don't get to choose that. Like we, we still live in a racist society, even like him knowing that he couldn't go to certain like country clubs where they like still were very racist. Like he should have read the room there. And I think now he doesn't say things like that, but he also doesn't seem like the biggest advocate in terms of um, racial justice. Like he is not a LeBron James in that regard. Right. When I think of Tiger Woods, where I'm like, you had the potential to like really, and especially right now where we're in a time of what what's the politically correct thing that like all the newspapers say where it's like racial tension, but like right, they just yeah. don't want to say racism. Like in this time of racism towards black people and people of Asian descent, like Tiger Woods really not obviously right now he's like recovering. So I'm not, my expectations for him are to like take care of himself, but um, there's an opportunity for him to really be like, he can embrace those identities and be like, yo, maybe stop with the hate crimes. I don't know. Um, right. Like, I don't see him using his platform for that, but he, like, that would be one of those cases where if he's like, yeah, no, my, my mother is Asian. I am Asian. Um, and Yeah the way he the, the time and place of him saying it was uh questionable i think that it was also like just going along with what you said first of all 
to our listeners, I felt so stupid. Like we had done, Emily and I had done like legitimately like 25 pods together before I realized that she was mixed. And I felt like one of the, I remember you told me, I was like, yeah, my mom's white. And I was like, I'm so dumb. Like, how did I just not know that? Uh, but we, with Tiger, it's interesting because it's like, I think that it's also, that was my introduction to a black person, like kind of as an adult trying to come to grips with their, with their race and, yeah. and how to like, how to interact with blackness and um, trying to be it, trying to acknowledge all of the, you know, him being black and him being, you know, his mom is from Taiwan. And I think his dad might be, his dad might be mixed with, um, his dad might be mixed too, or something like that. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. But yeah, just and like not knowing how to like deal with that. Cause like I was raised in a household where it was like blackness was really pushed on, on me and my sister and like the importance of like understanding your heritage and stuff like that. And so like, it was, it was a, a situation for me where I was, I could see the super famous person who I could tell that wasn't an emphasis. And I'm not saying that to like demean him or to, you know, belittle him in any way, but it was just like, it's a fact. Like it was, I, we were raised in different contexts and I kind of understood that like, okay, not everyone is raised in this way. Not everyone, not every black person is raised to like, have race be a super salient part of their identity. Mm-hmm. And um I it's 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 that's interesting to me because of and I, I know we, we were gonna talk about this kind of all the top, but like his relationship with his dad. And you know, his his dad is was is sort of like in this documentary is presented as like I'm raising the Messiah, basically. Yeah. Like I'm raising this this like Christ-like figure who is going to unite people and who is going to transcend golf and who is going to be this important world figure, Gandhi slash Dr. King slash JFK slash whoever else person slash deity. And um I'm, I'm, it's kind of implied that his dad knew that felt that way about him because of his mixed race and like a combination of his, you know, his mixed race. And then also his athletic ability and his, you know, I don't know his magnetism. I don't know what it is, but you know, his, his dad definitely thought very highly of him and thought very highly of his ability to impact people. Mm-hmm. And so for his dad to not impress upon him, his heritage as important was just kind of interesting to me. What did you think about his, how the documentary presents his relationship with his dad? His relationship with his dad, the way it's presented is like unhealthy. Like it makes no mention of like his siblings and maybe they created the documentary like this, but it's like his dad. I cannot imagine being, the sibling of Tiger Woods, like seeing right, the, yeah. <laughs> the tapes of like Earl and Tiger interacting. I'm like, obviously this child is his favorite. Like if I saw my dad with like a sibling, like my dad, I'm his only child. So of course I'd be like, if I saw you acting like this with another person, I'd be like, what? Who is this child? Like, why do you like this kid more than me? And like, that is how it is shown it might not be the case because it is focused on tiger maybe like he his dad was like that with all of the kids but like the success of tiger 
leads me to believe this is like his specific relationship with Tiger where he's just like so intense about how Tiger is like living life basically like he's such a helicopter parent but then when they talk about being each other's best friend I'm like oh you're in like a very toxic relationship that's what I'm hearing is like this person makes you feel like you can't exist without them and then like becomes your best friend like I don't it's not right so real quick kind of like on that I guess because I was surprised by the doc maybe I just had forgotten this or didn't know but like his their relationship kind of becomes estranged as, yeah. as Tiger gets older and as his fame grows and Tiger kind of wants to get out from up under his dad as you know you know like they're presented as best friends and what you said is unhealthy uh, which I agree with in the, in, in the terms of like, I mean, it's, it's cool to be like, I'm friends yeah. with my dad now that I'm older, but like when I was 16 and 17, like my dad was not my best friend, you know what I mean? <laughs> but so I guess I just assumed that it would continue on. And I, I, you know, obviously people grow apart and, you know, as you become older and, you know, Tiger got married and had his own, his own family and stuff like that. And, and on top of this, you know, he's traveling everywhere and this world famous person, obviously their their relationship is going to change or evolve but like i didn't see them becoming estranged in the way that they did as it was presented in the docs so were you were you not surprised by that then did you kind of is that something where you you were kind of like yeah i saw that coming or 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 what do you think about that i didn't i definitely thought it was odd because of the way that his dad is just so into him and like you said he he presents him as this messiah basically because he's like oh and and the way he presents like oh he's gonna be so big within golf like he's gonna bridge all of these races and then doesn't even acknowledge his race um and so he i think he puts so much on tiger so i guess like one could assume that he puts too much on him and by the time he's in his 20s he's just like i can't deal with you putting all these things on me plus the like rest of his career essentially because he was hot in his 20s like he was doing so well at like every competition so I could it, it is surprising that it happened but like when you look at what's there it's like oh well, I guess that would happen my expectation would have been that they just like get more like intense with their relationship I wish kind of that there had been more focus on his relationship with his mom too. Like that's kind of hinted at a little bit and it's not really discussed as much though. And and you see the stuff where after he gets into the car accident and his affairs are are revealed and stuff like that. And he has that press conference and he like hugs his mom after the press conference, which is like kind of this awkward moment and stuff. And, you know, and then his there's the uh, the stuff with his like high school girlfriend and how his yeah. parents are kind of just like she's using you and they, like that cuts off. It, but like that's really the only mention that you get of of his relationship with his mom. I wish that had been a little bit more explored. I guess if that makes sense. It seems like it had been also pretty intense. Like it sounded like the way it was presented in this documentary, like he had a very structured life with his parents. Like they had a lot of say in what they were doing, but a lot of it came down to his dad because that was who was at like the golf course with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I can see that for sure. 
So like that's kind of where they were pulling from. It'd be it would be interesting if they had interviewed his mother or if like in a future documentary or anything they talked to her kind of about their relationship because yeah she's pretty minimal like she came off pretty structured like his father but there just wasn't enough to go beyond that because I'm sure there was more to their relationship than that was there you mentioned the the interviews which is so like really fascinating me they really stood out to me was there any like any particular person or people who were interviewed that kind of like jumped out jumped out at you as you were as you were watching that you can think back on his patty yeah okay that was an interview like when they were doing those interviews with him where mostly just like how higher cut him out yeah it was that was some cold shit right (laughs) that was cold i'm just like this man i hope he's gone to therapy like basically i spent a lot of this documentary being like man i hope tiger woods has a therapist because he is not okay he is not doing well like from the start of his like when his father passes away to like everything that comes after that and like i this man needs a therapist and it doesn't sound like he was seeing one well there are so many like people in the who were interviewed who are like yeah he cut me off like we were close yeah. and we we're all good and then like it got to a point where he just didn't want to interact with me anymore he thought that i don't I, whatever it was he was just like no no more communication and, and that's it which you know again like you said like that's not really healthy that's not a healthy way to deal with your relationship even if you want a relationship to end it's kind of like i mean he basically ghosts these people and just like yeah. shuts them out which is which is pretty wild i think about uh the one that st- stood out to me the most was his girlfriend his high school girlfriend who had like saved these letters that they had and like you know, it's, it's who I, she was wearing like a huge ring. So I kind of like just assumed that she was married. Maybe she's mm-hmm. not, but I'm like, damn, if you're her husband, you're, you're watching this. You're just like, damn, like she used to date tiger. And like, that's pretty wild. And, you know, obviously, you know, she talked about how they were in love and, you know, they were young, but obviously they had like a lot of affection for each other. Mm-hmm. And then like, he just goes to her and like writes her this letter about how, he and his parents feel like she's manipulating him and like, it's so like business-like and like you said, like, that's just not healthy. And her like stories about him and her, you know, she's following his career. Obviously I thought that was really, really fascinating. So pretty incredible, pretty incredible content. How he like learned to just end relationships is because of like his parents being like, okay, well stop seeing this girl. And to him, he's like, okay, well, I guess I just tell people I no longer want, to see them and then you just never see them again um maybe that's like that was their way of dealing with things and if he could have done it with his dad and it's a little bit different with family you can't just be like well i'm no longer talking to you here's a letter uh bye right but like these other people i think they'd be like yeah it makes sense just based off of how he how it was made an example for him what did you think of the, you know, we, we, we've talked a little bit about, I feel like we've gotten broadly into his stuff. I wanted to talk about two things. The first thing mm-hmm. is the golf clips themselves. Cause a lot of that stuff was just like, you know, a lot of 
him at these various tournaments and like when he was in his prime do you remember when he was like in his prime prime because like that was just crazy and like that's we talk about like i never watch golf tournaments unless it's him right if he's and that's like how most of america is i feel like if he's playing like the ratings shoot up yep and so like he was the that was he was like appointment television back then he had his time like in his you know his run from 2000 2001 i remember i was in middle school and like he was just like winning every week but then he also had a run in like when I was in high school from like 2005 till whatever, um, maybe 05 to 07 or something like that. And he, he was like, there was a stretch. I remember he like, he won like six straight tournaments that he entered or something like that, which is like absurd. Like he's completely redefined what success is in golf. But like, do you remember though, like looking at those clips, did you like, were you watching any of those or, or what do you remember about that time? I remember seeing those clips like on Sports Center, like watching it with my dad and not being the most impressed with it. Like I was just like, okay, cool, he's good at golf. But watching them now, like rewatching all the clips, I'm like, oh no, he was doing something really incredible at the time. Right. Um and his and like I guess because I can compare them to now when he was playing, you know, a couple months ago or even before um, the pandemic, where in the documentary they talked about how he is just like so comp- like the way he's competitive and where he just wants to absolutely like demolish his opponents and like kind of um, play like a mental game with them. I'm like, I don't feel like he does that anymore. That's he's grown. You see growth in Tiger Woods. Um, you see him talking to the young new golfers and is like he's trying to be helpful. And um but man, he when he was in his prime, he's like incredible. Like just watching him train, watching him play, it's just like, oh, oh right, like this was why people couldn't get enough of Tiger Woods at the time because he was unreal. It's funny because it's just like, when you talk about, well, you know, I wasn't that impressed. I think that as, as, as to some extent to me, it's just like watching him back then. Cause you don't know anything else about golf. It's just like, well, well maybe everyone's doing this, right? Yeah. Like if maybe, you know, maybe everyone is as good. And it's like, no, like once you really dig in and like get the context of what, you know, a good goal, if a guy wins, you know, before Tiger, if a guy won on tour three times in a season, that's an incredible, that's a career year. Yeah. Right. That's in, you know, like, that's like the peak of your career is winning three tournaments in one season. And he was winning like eight and nine tournaments in multiple majors. Right. Like that's, again, he completely redefined it. And like watching those clips, now it's just like what he was doing stuff that like he was just different than everyone else yes and you know it was his athleticism it was his like his precision and his you know ability to like make clutch putts and clutch shots and all that other stuff and i don't have you ever played golf before i've played a couple of times i suck i hate it i don't know how people enjoy it because it's incredibly frustrating i've done it less than five times in my life but have you ever done it before i went out once with my dad and he was like you're awful i never want to play with you again hey, i um, yeah listen the, the first time i like played nine holes like i wasn't making contact with the ball so like, it was yeah 
I'm like, so, I need to play tennis because that one, that's another like wealthy people hobby, I think. Like, can't they move to tennis instead of golf for business deals? I don't, I don't understand. Well, isn't it interesting though? Cause like at the same time, it's like when Venus and Serena are coming. Yeah. And again, it's other, like I knew what tennis was, I think, before Venus and Serena. I, I had at least seen tennis on TV. Um, before then but again like they're you know you you have these young black people who are infiltrating this elitist white sport and you know the there's a cultural conversation around that and there's a cultural shift around it and it's like i think that venus and serena have done more to uplift um you know, black tennis players than, than Tiger did. Like, you, there's yes. still no black golfers. Like, Tiger has been in the game since 95 or whatever, right? Like, somewhat famous in 95, in 96 to, you know, winning those amateur tournaments. And then, you know, he kind of explodes in 97 and has this long career. But there's still no other, I can't name another black golfer. But with, you know, Serena and Venus, and you have, you know, um, Naomi Osaka, and um and 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 Coco and like and Sloan, it's just like mm-hmm. you can at least name some other people there, and um and they all like give their flowers to 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 Serena especially, but also to Venus, and yep. you know I think that they're also just more they embrace their blackness more, and and they are you know just more generous with their time and and, and uplifting people, so just kind of two sides of the same coin there. I guess I'd never really thought about that until, until now. So I think it speaks to them being, I, I, them being women where women know yeah. that like you have to hold the door open for someone behind you. Like you're going to have to do it. Like we live in a society where if women aren't helping each other, like who's going to help them, especially for women of color. I think Tiger Woods didn't realize he was black until, <laughs> like until recently in his life. Yeah. Like a lot of us realize that we're black fairly early in life. And because right. he was just like around white people, white people were like comfortable with him. You know, he was just like, this is fine. I don't have to worry about like racism is over. That's a thing of the past. And um, I mean, I would hope now he's just like, oh yes. And would want to, encourage young black golfers but we'll see we'll see if that's the i would assume after he recovers and he's well again and we are out of a pandemic and he's to a place where he's giving a lot of his time uh i would hope it's to like young black golfers um, I guess his son is a young black golfer, a white yeah. passing young black golfer, but yeah. um, we'll see. He, there's, there's a lot of potential and like the, the tiger story is not close to over, but yeah, the, the Williams sisters definitely have made bigger strides to support the community. I think um, I I think his dad literally thought that Tiger Woods was gonna like end racism. Yeah, I think that he like literally thought like, yeah, this this is it. We're done. The race problem has been solved, y'all. You know, we're we're done. W. B. Du Bois said that the the problem of the 20th century is the problem of the color line. Now we're at the we're at the end of the 20th century, and, and this is it. Like we have our solution right here. 
Well, maybe he he thought that because he's like this kid is all these different ethnicities. So yeah, he's gonna solve it. I don't know. Earl was just like that'd be a stressful parent to have. Yeah. Like, that would that what do you we, you you called him a helicopter parent and like you know the relationship was unhealthy. Like I can't really imagine having that type of parental figure that's so like dominating in my life. And I, you know, I'm, I'm close with both of my parents. Um, you know, I, um, I remember after I left college, after I graduated from college, I lived at home for like, uh, like a year and a half maybe. Mm -hmm. Um, and I had friends who like moved back home and like, they had to, they like got out as quickly as they could, which I was trying to do too, but I was working at a TV station and they're, you know, working low level TV news production you make zero dollars yep. so i couldn't i like wasn't able to afford to move out but i was okay living with my parents because i got along with them well like i was you know we had a solid relationship like it was fine um but some people aren't like that and some people are you know some people have really bad relationships with their parents and then it's just like the other end of the spectrum where it's just like it's super close to the point where it's like unhealthy. And so I can't really imagine that type of parental style and then combine that with him being the, you know, most talented person in in his sport of all time. And his dad, like fostering that slash exploiting that slash uplifting his son. Like, I don't know. It's just like, it's so weird to think about that parental style. It makes me think of, uh, and I have not watched a lot about like the Jackson five, but you know, everyone talks about. Yeah. 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 And I'm just like, yeah, that's the type of parent they are. Or he was, it's just like, it's like my kid is talented and we have to be successful. And I, I understand from like a person of color perspective, like I get it. You want your child to be successful because you know that like any, little bit of talent like they have to do as much as they can with it because it's always going to be an uphill battle with a boulder like no matter what it's going to be work um more work than if they were just white and kind of talented right so like i get it i get being so rigid and pushing so hard but i don't know i i think that we hopefully have moved in the right direction in terms of like the relationships that parents have with their children when their children are very talented and can foster it without pushing them to a place where they mentally are just not healthy. So I don't, it's, 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 you think about like where would he have been if if the if the style was a little healthier, right? If the if the yeah. parental relationship were a little healthier, and you know he pushes his son Earl, yeah. which pushed him and pushed him and pushed him, which made him, you know, had a large part at least in making him into the golfer that he was. Yeah. But does he? You know, I don't know if he does he lose a few more tournaments, but he's a better adjusted human being. He's a better adjusted adult. Um. Which, uh, you know, to me is worth it, right? It's it's worth it to, you know, maybe you have 14 majors instead of 16 or whatever, but 
you're a better like human being or does it matter would he still would would he have been just as successful or you know could he have had the same amount of success and success with a you know more relaxed parenting style I don't know I I think about my own children and I don't want to you know we I don't care if my kids are into sports or not honestly like I'm super into sports if both of my kids aren't into it at all that's fine with me I don't want my kids to be me I don't want my kids to have to have the same interests as I do or I'm not trying to hope that one of them is a you know a prodigy golfer or tennis player or basketball player or whatever else um I want them to have their own interest in and and do what they want to do but um I I just I I I wonder what the impact would have been if Earl had been like I'm going to support you. I'm going to challenge you, but I'm not going to make you a maniac. You know what I mean? So I I just wonder what he, what Tiger Woods, the person looks like in that circumstance. I think that he could have still been just as successful. The Williams sisters. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Yeah. they, They put in all this work. They, They've had very successful careers um, and they are well-adjusted humans. Like they're, you don't hear about them doing wild things. Um, And I think that the relationship with their parent, like their parents were like, yeah, you want to do this. So this is what it's going to take to be successful without it being like, Oh uh, no, you can't do anything else ever. And I'm telling you how to live your life. And instead of going to class, you're going to, we're going to go to the golf course. Like, I think they had more of a choice where they were told, like, obviously they're talented. Okay. So you're talented. Are you willing to put in this work? Do you want this? Or do you, I don't know. Like, and I think it, it's something about the framing of making it like his decision to right. pursue it. And how to pursue it and then just like the example that Earl was setting while he was pursuing this career like I think he probably would have been more well adjusted if his dad was not hoeing around like that obviously is not going to do great things for a child's development seeing that um and maybe just like some of the things he was brought into, like, I don't know. It's, I think there, it's like a perfect storm for him for him to not have been like the most well-adjusted adult. Right. I agree. Like it's, it's multiple factors. Like it's, it's a lot that made him who he is and, you know, it's parenting. It's when he grew up, it's how he grew up. It's, there's a lot that went into that i guess we we have to so we've gotten into that we've gotten into his um you know his his athletic gifts and his popularity and and all that stuff i guess we got to talk about now like what did you what did you think about the second half of the doc the first doc ends with a woman sitting down and it's implied to be one of his mistresses who it turns out who she that is who it is. I guess I would guess some people recognize who that was um, and wouldn't have had to wait until next week to find out or the next day or whatever. I didn't. I didn't know who it was. Um, I wasn't like super 
I didn't know like the individual like women who were involved in that type of and, and all that stuff. But I guess did, before like that, I wanted to discuss that part of the doc. Do you remember what like how you found out about that when that happened, like in real life? Like, um, I remember I was I was in Memphis because like, it happened over Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. and I was in Memphis because my cousin was graduating. Um, she was getting her master's from the University of Memphis. And like at the same time, we were down there and we were down there for Thanksgiving. And there's like, a, you know, the news report came out one of the mornings that he was in a car accident. And like, that was like a big, that like dominated the news. And then like, as the week progressed, we found out about all the other stuff. Like, do you remember what, what was going on? I was in high school. No, I was in college. Cause that was 2008, I think. So I, I, yeah, I I remember being down there for that. What do you, what do you remember about that situation? I just remember like the news where it was like, Oh, Tiger Woods was in a car accident. And I was like, Oh no. And then so much information came out. I remember it was just like an information overload. And I'm like, I don't, what Tiger Woods was cheating on his wife, but like he was in a car accident. How are these things related? And then, like, the golf clubs where it was, like, everyone right. was, like, oh, he let his wife attacked him with his golf clubs. And I'm, like, I don't understand. Um, so I just remember it being just, like, so much happening. And then it, it was just, like, a dam broke loose. And all these women were, like, oh, yeah, I had a relationship with Tiger Woods. And I'm, like, oh, my gosh. And I was in high school, so it wasn't something I followed super closely. But, I mean, it made it obviously comedians made jokes about it and mm-hmm. um like culturally it was a big thing but i was like well as long as it doesn't affect the way he's playing golf i don't, I don't see the issue and then it you know he started playing really bad um and it makes sense that he would you know struggle after this i didn't realize until watching this documentary because I when it all happened I was just like oh this seems like so random that like oh I just am gonna cheat on my wife and ruin my whole life like I I it didn't make like a ton of sense to me I'm like well maybe he's just stressed I don't know but like the documentary showing like oh when his dad died right and then he like becomes unhinged like that is something that they that was never talked about when this happened. Like when you think about all of this news coming out, like do you remember it at all being framed that like, you know, he had done that like Navy SEAL stuff and talking yeah. about how like his mental health is like very obviously not where it should be? Or do you remember it being more just like, oh, Tiger Woods has cheated on his wife in a Waffle House? Well, I remember the jokes, like you said. I remember all the joke, like the late night, talk show hosts making the jokes which is kind of they showed some clips of that in there um I, so i remember after they showed the clip from the british open where he won it after his dad dies and him and his caddy are like he, he hugs his caddy and he like won't stop hugging him i remember yeah. seeing that um that was that happened god i feel like i was in high school because i remember coming back from i used to go to the naacp conventions and that was in like july and i remember being in the airport and like seeing that happen 
So I, I remember that it, it, people talking about him, like trying to move on after his father's death, but they didn't talk about it in a way where it was like, this is really impacting his mental health. Like that was not really a conversation um, back then. And so, you know, I, I remember hearing about him training with Navy SEALs and, but it was, it was not framed as he's, this is how he's processing his dad's death. It was more like, this is a cool, you know, he's so intense. Like this is going to be, this is just a part of his golf training and this is going to be a way for him to be even better at golf and win even more majors. Right. Like that's how everything was framed. It was not framed as this is a man who is, um, something is broken in him because of his, you know, because of losing his father and he's trying to like, he's grasping at straws, like, you know, a, a regular person losing a parent that they're really close to like that. Um, you know, maybe they go skydiving or maybe they do whatever, what's, what's Tiger was also did, but maybe they do, you know, they do what they have the resources to do to deal with that. You know, maybe they start, maybe they start drinking, maybe they start, um, maybe they take a fucking dance class. Like, I don't know. Like they just do like random stuff that they're like, they don't train with Navy SEALs. Right. Like he has the ability to do that. And so he does it. And it's not looked at as this is a guy who's like unhealthily trying to process his grief. And so again, I think that contributes to like him not being seen as a human. Like it's all we know of him is he's this famous golfer who's won a lot and who's trying to break these records. And his humanity gets lost. I agree with you about the, uh, the, the, the stuff that happened after his affairs specifically, like him apologizing or whatever. You don't have to, like, I don't know you. I don't have a relationship with you. I don't have a relationship with your wife or your family. Like, like you don't have shit to apologize to me for. Like, I don't really care what you do. Like, yeah, it's shitty. And we can like acknowledge that, but like, that doesn't, I don't have a personal relationship with you. If I did, maybe I'd be disappointed with you and we can talk about it. But like, you're a public figure to me. I don't know anything about your life. Like you don't owe me any explanation, mm-hmm. but it's this weird way that he's positioned where he's, you know, people saw him maybe like as this great family man or whatever else this clean cut guy. I'm sure that's true. And I, I know that was true. Yeah. But like that clip of him going to the masters and the guy being like, and Bryant Gumble was talking about this where like the, the head of the masters was like, like had this press conference about how tiger needs to apologize and shit. And I'm like, that's, absurd and i'm like first of all 90 percent of your guys who are in this tournament are out here cheating on their wives all the time like let's keep it like let's keep it real and on top of that like he does not owe you anything he does not owe you this racist men's only club any apologies for his for his immoral behavior in my opinion is that kind of which how you felt too yeah and that's i mean even now at the time i've kind of felt that because i'm like i don't see the issue well I see the issue I see the issue with someone like cheating on their spouse but like in terms of like the sports context I'm like why why are we giving this the time of day this has nothing to do with him as an athlete and like if they if every league made their players apologize for cheating right a press release every day literally yeah Nobody's got time for that. And it's not that nobody cares. It's that we don't go to watch athletes because we care about their fidelity issues. Right. Like, that's not what I signed up for. Um, it should be just like a, I, I'm, it shouldn't be like this, but like, 
we live in a very awful world. So, like, the expectation where someone's going to, like, do this, it's like, okay, yeah, that's going to happen. But, like, unless they killed somebody or sexually assaulted, like, that should be the bigger issue is when people right, are being sexually sure. assaulted. But, like, that's not, even, that's not part of it at all. And, like, the interviews with, like, the different women where they're just like, yeah, he was, like, being very vulnerable. I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, no, it sounds like he was having issues. Yeah. But it sounds like he was respectful. So, like, uh, move it or lose it. This isn't important in terms of the grand scheme of the sports narrative. Yeah. So, this, I mean, there's a bigger conversation to be had about like America's relationship. Like, America, the American public has a very unhealthy relationship to sex and yes. like, sexuality in general, um, which I think plays into this too. But yeah, it's it's that's just kind of a weird thing. And it gets it got played for laughs a lot. I remember that. But again, he started winning again and it was all good. Like no one really gave a shit. So, yeah, you know, winning cures everything. And like no one. No one has been like fruited for harder, I think, than Tiger Woods. I feel like like he has like such a passionate. Fan base of like. I mean, there are guys who are, like, super fans of his, which I'm not. Like, I enjoy watching him. I root for him to win when he golfs. But, like, there are guys who just, like – they're not just guys, like, people in general who are just, like, following his every move and are, you know, they'll live stream every round of golf he plays. And when he made his, like, comeback or whatever quote-unquote like he had won a couple tournaments and stuff but what i remember when he won the masters how like two years ago or whatever like that was a huge deal yeah and you know a lot of his fan base never really left him i would say the majority of his fan base never really left him so really interesting to see his arc in that way it is and it's good to see him like i don't want to watch anyone's life fall apart like that's not great i would prefer to just see if someone has something happen and they're in a position like Tiger Woods, like that probably should be the caveat is if you have access to the resources to get help, like go get help. Um, but like, it's easy to root for him. Cause it's not like he's a bad dude. It's, again, he didn't do anything that's like, Oh, I killed somebody. He proved that he was human, like the rest of us. And so I think like for his fans, it's easier for them to like, come to grips with it where it's like oh you know he was kind of placed on this pedestal but he is working towards being better like he's not he definitely hit rock bottom in like a pretty ugly way with like his different driving issues under under the influence or with like um not, not like drunk driving but like he had taken you know, sleeping medication, like that doesn't make sense to go drive. Um, but he's not trying to be like, oh, I didn't do these things or I would never do this. Like he understands that like he has to like be better and like makes the steps to improve as like a human. So I feel like as a fan, like it's easier to get behind that rather than someone who's just like, no, I'm perfect all the time. Right. Yeah, we love the redemption story. Yeah, yeah. It, it, did you? This is not kind of a sidetrack, but like I feel like it's related. Did you watch the Britney Spears documentary? I still need to watch that, but like I've been kind of following 
that, um, I don't know, for the last couple of months, you know, quarantine, what else am I going to do? Follow Britney Spears. I didn't realize that she, like, isn't control of, like, she has no control over her life, basically. Like, I yeah, did not know. And I'm like, that makes no sense. And then she still doesn't. Like, I don't know. There's a lot that doesn't sit right with my, with my soul in terms of Britney. So free Britney, first sure. of all. But, sure. like, I... For her, like when she shaved her head, when she like, I I don't know. I see these people under like a lot of stress. I'm like, yeah, I'd shave my head too. Like, I don't understand it's, why you would lose custody of like your entire life. It's crazy now, like, because I'm like, you know, I remember when that stuff was happening with her. We're, we're our listeners, we're we're leaving the tiger discourse for 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 a few minutes here, <laughs> just fully. Um, I maybe I don't know. Maybe I should save it. Maybe maybe you should watch the Britney doc and we can and we can talk about that next. But like I'll say that when she was going through that type of stuff, I remember you know, I was like late high school, early college, and I think at the time I was just like, damn, that sucks. But like I didn't really think about it other than that. Yeah. But like now, you know, and they're in the documentaries, it's like, she's trying, I'm a father now, right? Like I have kids and like, she's trying to get her kids some food from a, like pick up some, you know, Chick-fil-A or wherever she's going. And there's just like hundreds of cameras. Yeah. And it's, they're like tormenting her. And you want to talk about like an unhealthy American relationship to sex, like the stuff that she's being asked when she's like 18 years old yeah. in interviews is like mind boggling, literally mind boggling. We should, you should, let's, let's do that. We'll say that now, like on the, uh, we're just making an executive decision now <laughs> that our next episode is going to be on the Britney doc. Cause I think, I think that you good. would really enjoy it. Um, but so I, I won't step on that. I won't step on that podcast just, but I, I will just say that like, we have this fascination again, bringing it back to tiger. And this is different than tiger. Cause they grew up in different circumstances. Cause like Britney grew up in like rural Louisiana and that's different than, you know, growing up in, in Southern California like Tiger did. But, like, we have this fascination with people who, like, you know, come up out the mud mm-hmm. and become these incredibly popular, powerful figures. But then we, you know, once they reach a certain point, then we want to tear them down. And that's yep. what we we're waiting to see next. And then after that, we're looking for them to come back up again. So it's like this weird cycle that we do. Um, it's really fascinating to me. But yeah, let's let's do that for next week, the, the Britney doc. I think that'll be good. That'll be a good thing to follow up this one because it's two people in somewhat similar situations where they're viewed by the public by, you know, in a way that's just, they're untouchable or they're just like so amazing. And like at the end of the day, they also take a shit like they're also human um and i know that like that is easy for some folks to forget and especially like we imagine if britney spears had been like had at her peak like some of the like disgusting things people said to her like in interviews imagine if she was like on social media at that time like the things that people say on social media i'm like are you for real like do you realize like a perfect example we're in the middle of march madness people have already started threatening yeah. players and yes, i'm like wow. are you like these are kids 
Yeah. And like, I get that, like, technically you're an adult when you're 18. You're still a kid when you're 23 years old. And, like, yeah. most of these players are between 18 and 22. Like, are you telling? Like, no. So it, it's it's like we forget that people are still people, even if they, they're, it's like, well, you're famous. So, like, you're no longer a normal person. Like, no, that's not true. <laughs> Like, if someone said that same thing to you, you'd go and cry. So don't yeah. say it to someone else. It's really, yeah, really, really sick stuff that we saw um, saw online and, and guys getting DMs because they missed free throws and talking about we want you to, like, die and kill yourself and all that other shit. It's really fucked up, really sick. It's, it's bad. And, like, I'm sure that so Tiger on his, like, redemption, I think he's going to have more stumbling points because who among us haven't like just tripped over like it's just life and so i think people are going to like continue to critique him and i would guess because he's so big and he's so significant within the sport of course there's going to be like people are going to be hypercritical of him they can't be critical of him in a way like if he were a woman like if serena williams did any of the things that Tiger Woods has done? Oh my God! Right. <laughs> like, yeah, we would never hear the end of it, and it would just be—it would be so awful. Um, because she's a woman, so there'd be more tacked onto it. So, people are not great, and I wish they would be better. But with that, hopefully, Tiger covers is back on his like returning to being like this star golfer who also people like remember like he's human he's not a god he's just some dude who can swing a club and sometimes when he does it he tears his acl like yeah explain to me how you're standing there and tear your acl i think that that's a perfect place for us to like let's let's um I think that when we speak about Brittany, we can kind of interweave some of the, the Tiger yeah. discourse too, because there's there's a lot of similarities there. Um, anything else that you that you wanted to to touch on before we wrap up? No, more just I'm excited to see how he bounces back, but yeah, hoping it's a fast recovery for sure. Yeah, you? same. And I I think about if we had recorded this like a few weeks ago, like we would have just been like, yeah, we you know we're excited to see what happens next, and then like. You know, we're not at this point, we're just like wanting him to like be healthy. Yeah. And um, you know, get back to being able to live somewhat of of the life that he was living before. And then if he can, you know, if he can get back to playing golf again, great. Like that's just the cherry on top. But like yeah, yeah, just stay healthy, be, you know, stay physically well and 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 emotionally and mentally well. So we'll see what happens with, with Tiger, with with cousin Tiger, as I call him. <laughs> I like that. I hope you keep playing that up. That's I will <laughs> for sure. It's I've I've been I've been playing it up for twenty years. Can't stop now. Exactly. <laughs> Thanks, y'all, for listening. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks, everyone.